Hello, and thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Professional Pricing Society Podcast. My name is Terrence, and hey, listen, we have a great episode in store for you all today. Now, as the founder of two very successful pricing companies over the past 15 years, Kieran Gange, one of our PPS 022 Global Pricing Conference speakers, has implemented pricing strategies at some of the largest organizations from the United States, Mexico, Europe, and also Asia. And he will be spearheading the conversation today centered around designing analytics-based pricing frameworks. Now, now we'll go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Kieran, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and explain to us and break down what exactly is an analytics-based pricing framework. Yes, so pricing um, as a function in any organization, right, it has evolved uh, from history, right? So, so typically this is how it was being done. And now everybody's learned from how it was done previously. And mostly uh, depending on the stage of the organization, but still mostly it is done based on intuition, based on best practices, based on what feels right, mm-hmm. right? So now in today's world where we have more data sources, more ability to analyze this information, and to actually use this information maybe as a decision support system or maybe to make uh, decisions and then measure what happened or maybe to even automate these decisions, right? These are all possibilities of how data and technology can be used for pricing today, right? Mm-hmm. So the goal of this workshop and, and uh, what we're trying to convey here is how do you design this framework to leverage this information that's available to you? Again, this information is different for different businesses. So for a B2C, it's very different from B2B, say, for example. But there's always data. There's always information available. So how do you structure this data in a format it can be readily analyzed for your decision-making around pricing is, is the focus of uh, this conversation, Terrence. Now, let me ask you, can you use any of these best practices for quick wins, if you will? Yes, so um, you don't have to build, uh, you know, the most complex pricing uh, process or function overnight. One of the first thing we could do is we could analyze historical data Mm. to see how each organization has performed, right? Say, for example, we could collect historical competitive prices or even our own sales data to Mm. see how we perform. Say, for example, some categories might perform better in summer versus winter, or or some categories reacted uh, very drastically when a competitor changed its price. In others, we did not, right? Mm. A quick win win would be to to take a look at your own data to see how you performed in the past and if you can get any learnings out of it. And it doesn't have to be in a most complex uh, software. Use Excel. Or, or, you know, look at these numbers and then uh, try to come up with some kind of insights. That's the start of uh, analytical journey for somebody. Okay, that's good. Now, you mentioned looking in the past. How would you say pricing is different today than it was from the past, you know, considering things like inflation? Yes. So um, one of the key things, you know, I work a lot with uh, retail and uh, and then some of the retailers I work with are in Latin America. And uh, because of the high inflation of its suppliers, it could be from the US, it could be from Europe, the costs uh, are changing continuously, right? Mm. 
Now, they traditionally have systems where they don't change prices continuously. They might only change price once in six months, once in three months. Mm. So they have to make accommodations now to make like new processes to react to these cost changes much more quickly. Otherwise, they're going to bleed money, right? Mm. If, the, if the higher cost comes through and you're still selling at an old price, that means you're selling at a loss now. Mm. So one is build processes to understand and react quickly. Second is, there are some categories where customers don't like these uh, constant change in prices. Whereas mm -hmm. in other categories, they're, they're okay with it, right? So how do you pass these changes in cost to your consumer uh, is a decision retailers or, or other businesses have to make. Sometimes it is done in a more tiered fashion, or sometimes they take it all at once. But what we definitely need to do is uh, build new processes for this new environment. Um, otherwise, uh, we're going to be inefficient in the market. Okay, and you also mentioned the different categories. As you know, some people may be in favor of certain categories and certain other people may be against it. For clarity, you are referring to consumers, correct? Yeah, yeah, or, or whoever is buying from you, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the consumer doesn't have to be like a customer walking into a store. For a B2B business, the consumer is very different, right? It could be like, say, for example... Uh, BMW buying car parts sure. from a buyer in the U.S. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Is there a difference between pricing infrastructure regarding B2B and B2C? Ah, yes. In, in case of B2C, we see uh, much more sources of data. Typically, I've done a lot of B2C, right? So I know there is a lot of uh, um, good sources of data we can process. Say, for example... For each store location, I know exactly what is the demographics, what is the income, mm -hmm. right? Or I know what was the weather on a certain time of the day of purchase, right? Also, I have point of sale data and I have competitive data. All of this is much more readily available in a B2C environment to, to process. Mm -hmm. In a B2B environment, the data is a lot more uh, qualitative than quantitative. Right. It could be like a relationship somebody has built over time. You know, let's say your grandfather was friends with another person in a, in a company, which is why they're still giving you a good price. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it, there still is a need for a process. There is still a need for an infrastructure to process all of it. But the way the qualitative information is handled is very different from quantitative information. Okay. Now, what aspects of pricing should be handled in-house compared to being outsourced? What would you say? Yes, so so um, depends on the focus, the goals, the size of the organization, right? So to go back to the example of what we're doing in uh, Latin America. Mm -hmm. So this is a very large uh, food company with more than 1,500 locations of their own where they sell through their own stores. But still, they don't have an experienced data scientist mm. with 20 years of experience to build their mathematical models, right? They can build it, but it's too much of work, too much of a hassle for them because they don't need these data scientists to be there full time, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when they hire our organization. I've had these algorithms built by these data scientists in the past, which is sufficient for them for their need of uh, pricing to make a decision on what they need to do as a strategy. Right. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have to do this in-house, but 
uh, Albertine, this is another company we were trying to sell our business, sell our services into in, in, in Amsterdam. And they quite decided that they have the capability to hire their own team, mm -hmm. to get their own team of data scientists to do the real-time fresh produce pricing. For them, it was the right decision because they already had a big enough pricing team which could accommodate this new uh, high-end mathematical models through their own team, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, depends if, if your focus is to enter the new market or if, you're, if your core focus is to produce the best product, keep keep to your core focus and let the pricing be done by somebody else mm -hmm. but perhaps you're in an already commoditized market and you want to bring more of these functions in-house to reduce your overall cost then you could take this you know hiring uh, hiring of the right resources probably one step at a time to do this mm -hmm. yourself uh, probably to more customized request in, uh, in in the future right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so you're saying is basically what is what is your focus? That's what what's going to help to determine if it's some, something should be in house or outsourced. That makes a exactly. lot of sense. Is that the same case for uh, personnel or, or automated when it comes to aspects of pricing, depending on yeah. what the focus is? So, so I'll give you another example of what I did. Right. So I was mm -hmm. a pricing consultant, Terence. I did pricing consulting for about I don't know seventeen, eighteen years then. But this was uh, very boring for me after a while because mm. I would do the exact same thing. We would do the data analysis. We would do the strategy. We would do the pricing. We would do the measurement. So it's the exact same step. I would do it again and again and again. Mm. That's when we decided, hey, why don't we automate what is standard? Mm. Let's focus. Let's use our brain power to do more innovative stuff. Let's try to understand how many days of life is left on a banana instead of sure. trying to... <laughs> price should you sell it against a competition that can be automated right mm. so like anything in life i believe once it becomes routine once it becomes standardized there is a prime opportunity to automate it or to delegate it and then focus on uh, focus your brain power on doing something which is path-breaking and innovative instead maybe mm. it's just me but uh, a suggestion is if it's too boring if it's too standardized think about a way of automating it mm. You know, that's such a simple thought <laughs> that I feel many people or, or companies may overlook. And so that can really become a game changer, choosing to create something in an automated version that is already in routine or standard, you know, versus just like you said, trying to find out how much time is left in a banana, <laughs> you know? Exactly. exactly. That's good. Now, how does someone determine what their next step in their pricing journey is or what, what how do they determine what it should be um it's it's always good to to have this conversation with an expert right like in an industry who's done this uh, in the past to see where exactly they might stand in mm -hmm. in the evolution of pricing inside their own organization because somebody might feel like oh we're already doing a good job but but an expert in the industry might be able to point out and tell them by the way this is good or this could be what you do next mm -hmm. uh, by the way the pursuit of perfection is a never-ending goal sure right? it, it should it's, you can never say i've reached there so so take a look at uh, like say for example if you haven't done analysis in an excel don't think about a big data solution yet. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit you could pick from quick analysis of data, mm -hmm. right? And then go to big data, like add more sources of data to it. 
right? Then think about, okay, how can you do this using artificial intelligence? How can I add more real-time sources of data? And then probably think about completely automating it. Eventually, if, if you take an example of uh, the airline industry, Terence, mm -hmm. a complex commercial jet, right, requires only two people to fly it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why? Because everything that can be standardized and automated, it is already automated inside that airplane. And the pilots only use their time to react to real-time changes in the flying conditions. It could be weather, it could be like air traffic control saying do something else, mm. or it could be a passenger going crazy. So think about what, where do you want to spend your time and attention? And then, uh, and that will tell you where you are in the cycle of adoption and what should come next. Amazing advice. Let me ask you this one last question. Uh, what do you, you may have kind of touched on it or mentioned it a little bit or alluded to it a little bit before in um, our previous discussion, or, well, earlier within this, this discussion, but what do you foresee the future climate of uh, companies utilizing analytics-based frameworks? Um, see, if you if you take an example of a more mature pricing industry, right? Like say, for example, pricing for airlines. Mm -hmm. Earlier, what happened is every airline was doing their own pricing. And this then they started paying consulting companies to do it for them. Uh, specialized consulting companies, maybe Bain was doing it, McKinsey was doing it, I don't know. And then it became so commoditized. Now mm -hmm. anybody can loop in an API and get this pricing done automatically for an airline, right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to happen for each and every industry. When you think about how it's going to evolve, first, it's it's going to be have to be custom built. Mm -hmm. Then you will see consulting companies do it. And then you'll see automated solutions providing it to you as a service, as a commodity, which will become very cheap. Hmm. Well, one good idea is to check if your industry is already there. Maybe you're not aware of it. Is there an automated solution to do pricing for you already? Then yes, let's do it. It, it won't be too expensive if it's already commoditized. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for answering all my questions. Um, do you have any resources that listeners can can um, retrieve maybe from your website or any social platforms? Well, uh, in a few months, I'm releasing my first book. Mm -hmm. I would welcome you to come buy it. Uh, it's based on uh, an expert guide to pricing. For now, connect with me on LinkedIn, please, and uh, attend this workshop I'm going to conduct at PPS in Barcelona on December 7th. So these are places to start. And I am not an expert in all walks of pricing, but I do have a good enough network in many places. If I can, I will help you guys uh, connect with the right people to take it forward also as well. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Kieran. And we look forward to seeing you in Barcelona in just a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thank you so much, uh, Terrence. My name is Kieran Gange, G-A-N-G-E. -E. You will easily find me on LinkedIn. I hope to see you at the Barcelona conference uh, to the listeners and you also, Terrence. Absolutely.